Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central simpler communications a fantasy today's episode is brought to you by flex fantasy and they want me to relay a message to you that they have cracked open the game of fantasy football to all when you sign up for a free account and download the flex fantasy app you can import all your teams from all your leagues across multiple platforms that you play on Spice up your fantasy playing experience by challenging league mates or strangers off the street to a fantasy matchup no matter how or where they play. And put your money where your mouth is by placing a wager on your head-to-head matchup. It doesn't matter if you are on Yahoo and your opponent is on Sleeper. You can import your teams to Flex Fantasy to face off. You can even make wagers on who you think will win between other challenges besides your own. So sign up for a free account and download the app to try it out. This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Yes, sir. We are back for another Thursday night special edition. Thank you for tuning in to the MD's Fantasy Football Show as we got a jam-packed show for you guys today. If you couldn't tell by the litany of panel guests that we have, we don't usually have this many people on the show. We're live right now on our YouTube channel and on bellyup.tv. You can always check us out on your TV devices on demand when you download the Fox D Network app and scroll down to the Belly Up category. And stay up with the show on the go when you download us on your favorite podcast app and give us a five-star review. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater, and I have my usual suspects. I have my co-host, Chris Dillhauer, with us. I have my intern, Danielle, with us, who's also going to be on today's show for the entire thing because she's going to be mock drafting with us, too. But I also have two special guests. 
And I got Dave Hartman from Pigskin Papers, who I'm really happy to have on. And then Josh Westwood hasn't quite made his debut yet. This is going to be his debut. He'll be on BillionFantasySports.com very shortly as a ranker. Very excited to have these two on. We'll start with Dave. Dave, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, and I'm uh, excited to be here. Thanks for having me back on the show. I was uh, on before during the NFL draft, and I uh, appreciate coming back. Excited to draft with all of you. And you will get a lot more airtime this time around. That The NFL draft show, especially that, that, I remember that second round in particular. I think you guys were only on for a few minutes because the picks came flying off the board, so we didn't get to talk to you too much. We will tonight. Josh, how are you doing? This is your first time on a podcast, and you're looking good, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. Oh, I appreciate y'all having me. I'm kind of nervous, but I'm ready. You'll be just fine. Danielle, what are we talking about tonight? Tonight, we are doing a full-point PPR fantasy football draft. Yes, we are. Look, this weekend is the heaviest weekend for redrafts. And it will be follow-up with a close second next weekend during Labor Day weekend. Chris, you and me, we have a couple of home leagues. We're actually drafting both of ours next weekend. Do you prefer it that way, or do you wish we were, wish we were drafting this weekend? Uh, no, I prefer as close to the regular season as possible, a chance for injuries to kind of get reported on, kind of for some things to settle. So especially with guys not kind of you know playing in these last couple of games, I want to be as close to the season as possible. Um, so for me, I'm glad they're waiting to, you know, to the week before. Yeah, I know it gets a little rough because it's Labor Day weekend and everybody's got plans and family stuff going on. But I don't know what it is. Once we draft and I have my team and I don't have to wait like that extra week to be able to actually play with my lineups, it gives me too much time to think. I start to get the itch. I start to be like Dave Chappelle looking for some rocks. I just, I just, I can't help myself. So we're going to get into it tonight. I don't want to delay it too much because I want to get through as many of these rounds as we possibly can. So let's go ahead and kick this thing off and get the draft underway. So first up, we have Danielle's going to be at the three pick. Then Dave's at the four. Chris is at the five. Josh is at the nine. And I'll have the back-to-back at the very end of the round at pick 12. So let's get the computer actually picking here if I can force them to. This is the only thing about sleeper always gives me trouble to start off these drafts. So right off the Nobody bat. Nobody wanted number one. Look at these sleeper bots. Surprised. Look at Derrick Henry going off at 101. This is this is the sleeper bot at its finest. So it went Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor. We get to Danielle, and she goes with Cooper Cup. So she wasted no time. Up at the third pick. Yeah, you know, I was kind of disappointed when they originally chose Derrick Henry because I was really planning on that with my three spot there. So that kind of stole my thunder. But Cooper Cup is absolutely electric. I loved what he did last season, and nothing tells me otherwise that he's going to be different this season. I think he's still going to be amazing. They have great talent on the Rams, and he really saved my ass last year in the fantasy football. There was many games that I won just because of him, so I feel like I owe it to him this time. She's been paying attention because – I think I'm one of the very few to have Derrick Henry ranked in the top two right now in our, on BillionFantasySports.com. If you go ahead and check it out, Danielle's been paying attention. Cooper Cup going into third pick, that is something that's been pretty pretty common, I would have to say, especially in full-point PPR, and I don't hate it. Typically speaking, top five picks, I usually like to go running back, but in this setting, with there not being a real consensus over the top five top running backs, I don't have a problem with it there. So then after that, we saw... Christian McCaffrey goes off the board to team four, and then we get to Dave, who took Justin Jefferson with his fifth pick. Yeah, I was, uh, I'm glad Danielle took Cooper Cup because 
I was torn between the two of them and I knew I wanted to take one of those two big receivers. Uh, this is a full point PPR. I, I like the running backs in rounds two and three, and uh, I wanted to get one of those two big receivers in the first round. And uh, I was going to have a tough time picking between the two of them. So Daniel made the choice for me. It's funny enough. I actually have Justin Jefferson as my number one receiver. Well, because I just want to, I want guys who are trending up Cooper cup. Maybe his regression doesn't bring him all the way down to the rest of the earthlings from, from last year. We'll have to see, but I like guys who are trending up, have that momentum going their way. And I actually, Justin Jefferson is my number one. So I do love the pick there, Dave. Next up, of course, we have Chris back-to-back, and he goes with Najee Harris. So back to running back, Chris. Why'd you go with Najee Harris over, let's say, a Dalvin Cook there at number six? Yeah, that was kind of a debate for myself. I love Dalvin. I love the talent. You know, you're probably going to miss two to three games with the injuries. So I looked at a guy that I think is pretty consistent, you know, one of the few bell cow backs, a guy that's role has been clear to me no matter what. He's going to get the ball, so it doesn't matter if the quarterback's going to be. They just play a check downs, whether he gets the ball, you know, receiving or rushing. So Najee to me is one of the safest guys you can have in the first round. Uh, Cooper Cup to me was a guy I was hoping somehow would fall to me miraculously because I love him. I think he's number two on my board in full point PPR. Um, so yeah, that, but I'm going with the third running back I have on my you know my board right now. If I have a confused look on my face, it's because sleepers screwing up again. So I took Alvin Kamara, and now it's saying Alvin Kamara is the number one pick, and not Derrick Henry. I don't know why it's doing this. And this did this is to me last week too, when we had the half one PPR mark chat that started switching picks all over the place. So I'll take Derrick Henry there. There, it took it took that that time. Okay, that's Alvin Kamara. We're gonna we're gonna put that in as Alvin Kamara. After Chris's pick, though, we had Jamar Chase come off the board. We had Austin Eckler, Dalvin Cook. Then we get to Josh's pick as Stephon Diggs, another one of my top three receivers. I actually got him a spot ahead of Jamar Chase. So, Josh, walk me through Stephon Diggs at number 10. No, I have him above Jamar Chase as well. Um, I believe he's a high-powering offense. Josh Allen is a quarterback. I think it's safe he could maybe be the wide receiver one, has the upside to do it. I like him there in the first round. Who doesn't? Who doesn't like that offense? What it could be? And the fact that Gabriel Davis is emerging, this is one of the reasons I love this Stephon Diggs so much. Mm-hmm. You're going to have less attention on Stephon Diggs, less double teams. I think it's only going to play to his benefit. He doesn't need 10-plus targets a game to have that elite-level wide receiver one, especially in that offense. Give me eight with more single coverage. That's what I'm looking for. So after that, Joe Mixon comes off the board. We get to my pick. Yes, that Derrick Henry pick that you see on your screen, that's actually Alvin Kamara because Sleeper was screwing with me. So I went Kamara and Aaron Jones back-to-back. Some I typically don't do at the 12, especially in a full-point PPR. But when we're talking about the fact that Kamara is probably not going to get suspended until next season, if at all, Aaron Jones, who I love this year, he has, he has steadily climbed my board to the point where he's now inside my top 12 running backs. Number 10, actually, overall for me. When Devontae Adams doesn't play, Aaron Jones averages about six targets a game. Now, I'm not saying he's going to average six targets a game throughout the season, but in a PPR team, you give me Kamara, you give me Aaron Jones, going to be definitely more involved in the passing game on a regular basis. I'm feeling pretty good about my back-to-back. What do you think, Chris? I love your back-to-back. You know, one of the things I debated when I was picking my spot was last draft I picked towards the back end because, you know, as Dave alluded to, I like some of the back-end value, the running backs particularly. Alvin Kamara, to me, is an absolute steal. Aaron Jones as well. I think these guys are both first-round talents. Alvin Kamara, to me, was debatable. I took him, Dalvin, or I took Najee because I think Alvin Kamara gets forgotten about. The guy catches the ball. He's a weapon. 
So I think you have you know two studs in the backfield to build your team around. So we saw DeAndre Swift come off the board. We get back to Josh, and he goes with Saquon Barkley. That's somebody who's been talked about a lot lately. Josh, walk me through it. Where are you at on Saquon? Are you worried about him at all? Clearly, you're not too worried because you just pulled the trigger on him early in the second round. No, yeah. I mean, I believe he's healthy. There's nobody behind him that can – oh, what's the word for it? So – you know, take away work from him. him. I mean, it's Matt, it's Matt Brady. Yeah, take like, away he's, work for him. Yeah, yeah he's not going to come in and cut in at all. Yeah. yeah. So no, he catch passes out of the backfield. He has the RB one potential. He's shown it. Uh, no, I think it's a. I like the pick there in the second round. I, I believe he's healthy. So that's the main concern there. That that is the main concern. We we Matt Breida backing him up. No one's stealing work from Saquon. So can he just stay on the field? I don't hold the ankle injury that he had last season against him because that was a very freakish type of injury. Mm-hmm. And now he's an extra year removed from the ACL. So I'm with you. I have, I'm a little bit higher on Saquon than most. And I don't like the, I, I like, I do like the pick there. Excuse me. Travis Kelsey comes off the board after that. Then we finally see Devonte Adams. That's probably the lowest I've ever seen Devonte Adams be drafted before in the second round. Then Nick Chubb comes off. We get back to Chris and he stole my guy. He stole CD lamb. Yeah, the value is definitely there. I was hoping maybe one of those running backs might fall, but when I you kind of looked at it, the board, I think C.D. Lamb to me is a guy that has, you know, is a sending player, a stud in the Dallas offense. I have legit concerns about, you know, that there's offensive line now, but C.D. should be kind of foolproof no matter what, and a guy whose value, you know, that late in the second round, I was willing to try to take a chance on. I'm telling you right now, guys, he's a top six receiver for me. I was looking for reasons to try to put him in top five. I can't put him ahead of Devontae, who I have at number five right now. But I, I have a pretty much a set core top six guys that I'm not moving on. After C.D. Lamb comes back, Dave. Dave takes Leonard Fournette, He's, who's actually been one of my favorite running backs to take in that second round right now. Yeah, you know, if, uh, if Tyron Smith didn't get hurt today, I might have taken Ezekiel Elliott there. That actually... Um, I've got those two pretty even. Uh, I'm on the clock, so let me just make a pick, and then uh, oh, you, you, there's no there's no timer. Don't worry. So you, oh, okay. You can go through okay. It, yeah. Um, you know, I like uh, I like Fournette. Uh, I think he's been pretty underrated the last two years. That's an offense that scores a ton of points, moves the ball. I'm a little worried about their offensive line, also. Uh, but he catches passes. This is a full point PPR, and I was happy to grab him uh, to grab him there. I will put a little, just a little nugget in there for now. There's been a lot of reports about Rashad white. He has been overtaking Keyshawn Vaughn. So he might not just be a, a passing down guy who gets worked in on third down situations once in a while. He might actually be the full blown handcuff, which actually makes me feel a little bit more comfortable when it comes to Leonard Fournette right now, because one of the things is that Fournette typically doesn't last a full 16, now 17 game season. And the idea this is going to be a committee backing him up made me feel a little bit uneasy with him, especially early on. If Rashad White can be that guy, and I know who the target later on in my drafts, if I'm taking Leonard Fournette, who I do think will have a huge workload in front of him, yeah, I like that a little bit better, actually. So just a little nugget for everybody out there who maybe hasn't seen those reports just yet. Next team then went Debo Samuel, and we get back to Danielle. She does pull the trigger on Ezekiel Elliott. Any concerns there with Tyrone Smith probably missing at least until November? Yeah, I was a little bit concerned, and I actually was talking about Ezekiel Elliott earlier today, and I was not being the nicest on him. But when I also start to think about that entire team, he is 
pretty much the star of the team in my eyes. I feel like he will be a huge weapon for them this season. And I feel like he will ultimately be able to kind of drag that offense along because I feel like it wasn't the best offseason for them over there. No, it wasn't. They lost a lot of guys, and Jerry Jones kept saying, Zeke's still our star. Zeke's still our guy. And Tony Pollard's going to get worked in, but Zeke's still going to get the bulk of the work, like it or not, for better or worse. It doesn't matter. He's going to get worked in there. I, I am a little bit concerned, too, with Smith, but late second round, can't argue with the value. Go ahead. I was just going to say real quick, you know, the offensive line was banged up last year, so the, you know Zeke was still himself was banged up for, since week four, basically. Still finished really well for the overall season. So the offensive line might, I think, be a little overblown when it comes to him just because he shouldn't even be able to produce even without that, you know, power on Smith before. Then we see Tyreek Hill come off the board. Josh Allen makes his appearance on the sleeper bots in the first, in the first two rounds, as he usually does. Then we got Mike Evans, Mark Andrews, and we get back Danielle again, and she takes T. Higgins with her third-round pick. Yeah, I feel very confident in the Bengals' offense just based off of what I saw last year. I feel like Burrow and Higgins, they do have a great connection. Obviously, he does have a great connection with uh, Chase as well, but I think he he shares the love over there in uh, Bengals' territory, and I feel like Higgins is a is a solid wide receiver to have in my lineup along with Cup. After that, we see Keenan Allen come off, and we get back to Dave, who takes Michael Pittman in the third round. Yeah, you know, I, he's a guy I've been targeting. There's no way he's making it back to me. I like him a little bit better than uh, the other receivers around him. You know, he was the wide receiver 15 last year in, in half PPR, and that was with Carson Wentz. Uh, now he gets Matt Ryan. T.Y. Hilton's not there anymore. Um, I, you know, I think I think that offense, that coaching staff lost faith in Wentz, and I think that's why Jonathan Taylor got worked as hard as he did down the stretch. I'm excited about Pittman this year. Going into that pivotal third year where we often see wide receivers – make a leap. Um, I think he's, you know, I think next year we're going to be talking about him as a top 10 guy preseason. And I, I want to be early on him. I like Pittman a lot. Um, he has one of the safest floors, I think, of those receivers going in that range. The one thing I'm a little bit concerned about, and I'll let you speak to this. When you're dealing with Matt Ryan, he has a habit of just not getting his number one guy the ball in the red zone when you need him to the most on a consistent basis. Anything there that kind of concerns you with what his upside potentially could be in that instance? I don't think so because Pittman is a really good contested catch guy. I think he was top five in the league in contested catches last year. And I think Ryan's going to learn to lean on him uh, in the red zone. You know, they don't have a ton of, uh, I mean, they have obviously other receiving options, but he's the clear number one there. And uh, I think Ryan will, um, you know, I think we would have seen it with Calvin Ridley last year, probably, because um, that was a team that was a little thin at receiver. Uh, so I'm not too worried about that. I think Pittman will get at least 10 touchdowns, but I've been wrong before. <laughs> We'll have to find out. We do have a question coming in. How early should you pick Alan Lazard with him being a clear wide receiver one? Could he have a monster season? Maybe. Keep watching the draft to find out because I'm sure Alan Lazard's name is going to come up in this draft. So we will talk about that when we get to it. Chris, you went with A.J. Brown in the third round. First of all, I do love the value with an A.J. Brown there. 
I don't want him any higher than the third round because I still have to see Jalen Hurts take that next step as a passer. With that, it's a good spot for him and a lot better than what I've seen in most drafts where it's him kind of going in that second round, still being drafted a little too high for my blood. But I like him here in the third round for you. Yeah, I was a little debating myself, you know, even though it's a little rich for my blood where I took him. I agree with you. I love A.J. Brown as a talent. I do have some concerns with, you know, Jalen Hurts, but everything we're hearing out of camp, and I'm kind of drinking the Kool-Aid on this one, sounds like he's just basically dominating. He is the clear target, the number one target on the offense. So I'm going to kind of go for the upside and swing for the fences with C.D. Lamb and A.J. Brown and think that, you know, maybe I'm going to have a chance to kind of blow up for something. One of those guys blow up. Tacking the NFC East. Hey, other than the Eagles, I'm not sure anybody in the NFC East actually has a good defense. So you might be on to something there anyway. Javante Williams comes off in the third round. Then Patrick Mahomes, James Conner. And we get back to Josh. He decides to go ahead and pull the trigger on Kyle Pitts there in the third round. What's your Kyle Pitts expectations this season, Josh? No, I mean, he should have over 100 targets. I believe there's not a whole lot of options in this offense other than Drake London. I know Cordero Patterson catches the ball as well, but he's getting up there in age. He's, Kyle Pitts is a great talent at tight end, and I'm kind of iffy on Kittle and a few others after this, so I kind of like to get Kyle Pitts here if I can. All right. Yeah, he's my number three tight end. We, we actually just talked about our best five, bus five, sleeper five tight ends last night's show. And I had him on my number three overall right behind Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey. And I like I, like I said to Chris before, like my draft strategy, especially this year, more so than most, I have a certain cutoff of tight ends that I want to make sure I get. So I don't hate it there. Team 11 goes with Cam Akers and just a little sneak peek. They also go with David Montgomery in the fourth round. Team 11 apparently doesn't believe in wide receivers, but an interesting running back mix they have going on there. Let's go ahead and get to my pick. I had the back-to-back again. I started off with Alvin Kamara and Aaron Jones. Remember, Derrick Henry's a glitch. So I came back. I wanted, my, I wanted two receivers. I wanted two guys who I have in the top 15. That's Terry McLaurin and that's Deontay Johnson. I don't know why Terry McLaurin is not ADP-wise, at the very least, rated higher than what he is. This is the best quarterback. I don't care what you think about Carson Wentz. This is the best quarterback that he has had in his entire career, and he's always been a highly productive wide receiver. Oh, and let's flip it over to Deontay Johnson, too. I need somebody to explain to me how on earth Mitchell Trubisky and Kenny Pickett plan on being worse than what Ben Roethlisberger was last season and how that's negatively going to impact Deontay Johnson, who is the clear-cut wide receiver one, who had a contract extension, who is going to be the leader of that offense, especially from a target standpoint, which is why I love him in full-point PPR. Someone explain it to me. I don't know why everyone's sleeping on Deontay Johnson. I think it's because you hear all the George Pickens love. I think that's just kind of put him in the background and I think as well, a result, Deontay's been forgotten. It wouldn't do anything to Deontay Johnson. Well, I'm not arguing this because I 100% think that your picks were, you know, smack on. We talked about this off the air before. I love Terry McLaurin this year. And, you know, I every year love Deontay Johnson. To me, a guy that looks like Stefan Diggs to me in the making, basically. A guy that's going to probably, you know, threaten 100 catches. is always going to be around that, you know, 12 to 100 yard range. Probably going to threaten 68 touchdowns. So, when the value is there and a guy that's going to be foolproof, no matter who the quarterback, I mean, Delvin Hodges was a goddamn quarterback two years ago for them and he's targeted. <laughs> so yeah, I'm not worried about Deontay and Johnson. Rudolph. Next, of course, we talked about team 11. They go David Montgomery. We get back to Josh's pick. He takes one of my favorite wide receivers there in the fourth round with Cortland Sutton. Josh, I guess, are you more of a Sutton guy than a Jerry Judy guy? 
I am. I'm recently in my home league. I took him in the beginning of the third round. I don't know. I'm huge on Sutton this year. I'm as a, finishing as a top twelve wide receiver. He's a great red zone threat. I mean, there's what, what's not to like. I mean, he fits Russell Wilson's build perfectly. What he wants to do, how he wants to throw the ball downfield. Uh, I will say, Tim Patrick being out of the way definitely cons- consolidates a lot of things for both Sutton and Jerry Judy as well. And sky's the limit. Then we had Justin Herbert come off the board. Travis Etienne, George Kittle. We get back to Chris, and he takes Brees Hall. No, no concerns there about Michael Carter still being the number one. Oh, I have concerns, but I also look at the board, and I think when it comes to upside, especially when it comes to playoff time, I have a guy that I need to have. Second running back is obviously a need for me right now. I think there's a lot of receiver depth after these certain spots. Utah took Deontay Johnson, Terry McLaurin off the board, guys I were hoping would maybe fall. Courtless uh, also one of those guys I would hope was fall. So now I'm in that zone where I like a lot of different guys. So I'm going to try to take the best player available for my for my team, and that was Brees Hall. Brees Hall still has the upside. Please don't sleep on that fact. Now, I have knocked him down a little bit. I had him hovering around the 15, 16 area, getting the reports to let me know that, all right, it might be a slower start than what I thought it was going to be. So I slid him back closer to the top 20 area. But when we get to that second half of the season, when we get to the fantasy playoffs, there's a real good chance Brees Hall, we're talking about him as a top 10 guy. The talent is there. It's real. So don't sleep on him too far. So I like you going with the pick there. Go back to Dave. He came up next. He took DJ Moore there. Somebody else who I, has been rising up my boards as of late too. Dave, talk to me about DJ Moore. Yeah, I didn't really want to take three receivers in my first uh, four picks because, as Chris was saying, there's a lot of receiver depth in rounds, say, six, seven, eight. But I didn't really like uh, the backs and tight ends that were available with that pick. And I I liked more a lot this year. I think, you know, Baker, I think, has a chance to resuscitate his career in Carolina. And I think. DJ Moore gets a thousand yards every year. I think we'll get a lot more than that this year. And I was just, uh, I looked at the board and it, it was kind of an obvious pick for me, but I, I didn't especially want to take a third receiver, but I, it just looked like the best player available at the time. Don't apologize. Yeah, right that's a great pick. No, yeah, I, go ahead, Chris. That's what I, I was going to say. That's, that was who basically I was debating between. I thought DJ Moore is an amazing pick. I talked about Deontay Johnson being a steal. He's more as one of those guys who doesn't matter the quarterback is. He's going to get peppered with targets. You move all over the field. So, yeah, I think it's an outstanding value. For myself, I kind of struggle with the three receivers as well. So that's kind of why I didn't want to do it. But I think he's a great you know pick there. At some point, he's got to score more than four touchdowns in the season. Maybe Baker's the guy to help him do that. But at some point, it's got to, it's got to come. We see Darren Waller come off the board next. And then we get to Danielle comes back with Josh Jacobs at her fourth round pick. Yeah, I feel like Josh Jacobs is always one of those reliable guys. I feel like he's pretty consistent throughout the rounds. He might not put up 20, 30 points each week, but he's good to get you at least 15 to 20 in that range for points per week. He's usually pretty reliable. And I really feel confident in the Raiders offense. I feel like we saw a lot from them last year. I feel like they really exceeded my expectations, and I expect the same thing this year. So I feel like he was a very reliable pick. DK Metcalf comes off the board, Jalen Waddle, then Jerry Judy, Mike Williams. We get back to Danielle, and she takes our cutoff tight end. We've been debating about for a while now, Dalton Schultz. 
Yeah, you know, I was actually going to choose Waller right before uh, this, and instead it got taken right before my round. So I was thinking, what's next best? And I think Schultz is pretty reliable also. I feel like there's two good pieces of the offense there in Dallas besides Dak, and I feel like I have them both on my team. So hopefully I'm pretty set. I would, I would, I would say so. You got all the positions pretty much covered now. Marquise Brown comes off the board. We come back to Dave. He takes Clyde Edwards-Alaire, somebody who I feel like nobody's really excited about right now anymore. But fifth round, hey, walk me through that pick. Yeah, I, uh, you know, people got burned by Clyde each of the last two years, but that was with him going in the second round. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, he's clearly the the top back there. And uh, it's a great offense. Tyreek Hill is gone. Then maybe they run the ball a little more. Maybe they're a little more balanced. Um, maybe they get more targets out of the backfield. And I think in the fifth round, um, Clyde's a good guy to target. I think he's a little bit forgotten this year and uh, is a good value in the, in the fifth or sixth. Yeah. And I needed a second running back. And I looked at the other running backs that were available there uh did not want antonio gibson um or miles sanders or or elijah moore i don't think they have the upside that clyde does that that um, that that's fair look you hit it the nail on the head the reason why he's been a disappointment for people is because he's been getting drafted in the second and third round the past couple of years getting down the fifth now it's a little easier to swallow to kind of see how this thing plays out chris you came back with the first quarterback of our panel and took Lamar Jackson there in the fifth round, which I don't hate Lamar Jackson in the fifth round. Yeah, well, first of all, damn Danielle took who I wanted, was hoping was going to fall to me with the tight end. Um, but no, I, I think that when I looked at the board, I'm looking for the best players that I have in top-tier positions now. So for me, Lamar's a top-player guy. I have my board after Josh Allen. I think he could even argue that he can kind of you know be debatable as number one guy. So for me, Lamar is the guy that I think is one of the safest guys as long as he's healthy. And I like my upside with my team right now. After that, we saw Michael Thomas come off the board. We saw Allen Robinson, Antonio Gibson. We get to back to Josh, and he decides, I'm going with the Kansas City receiver, and I'm going to take my shot with Juju Smith-Schuster, who apparently has a drained knee. Josh, walk me through what you think about Juju, and what do you, maybe you think about the rest of the receiving group for Kansas City real quick. Well, you know, we've seen what McColl's done over the years. He's, it's not it, and... MVS, he he's more of a downfield threat. I think Juju runs more of a tree. I know he's regressed a little bit over the past couple of years, but he has Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback. Travis Kelsey will obviously probably lead the team in targets, but Juju should be second. So it's good flex play. I'm not comfortable probably as my wide receiver too, but I like it as a good flex play. And, and remember, we're, we're drafting full point BPR league. So we're, we have three receivers, two running backs, a flex, a quarterback, a tight end, a defense, a kicker, and six bench spots. You're going to have your choices there with Juju. And look, somebody from Kansas City has to emerge. Juju will get the first crack at it. That much we know. It's just a matter of do you want to spend that capital on him or do you want to take somebody else a little bit later? We saw Jalen Hurts come off the board. And look, uh, these these quarterbacks are going too high for my blood for the most part. I'm sticking with my running back receiver combination. I'm going with J.K. Dobbins. Now, Dobbins is somebody who I've been sliding down a little bit. But if I'm going to take him in the fifth round, I'm happy about that. Because this is still a guy with unlimited potential 
in his range of outcomes once he gets going. Maybe it's not the beginning of the season. Maybe I do have to deal with Mike Davis annoyingly I'm out. And when Gus Edwards comes back, he'll still have his role as well. It's not like Dobbins is going to take this over and become a workhorse at any point in time. But we know what Dobbins' talent is like, what he can do, especially in that offense on just 14 to 15 touches in the game. I do think at some point this season, we, he gets back to what we've seen in years past. So I'm very excited about J.K. Dobbins, and I'll take him here in the fifth round. I don't want him much higher than this, but I'll take him there. And then I come back with Chris Godwin. So I'm taking two guys coming off of ACL injuries, rolling the dice, going for the upside, because Godwin is somebody who I have as a wide receiver one. He's a top 12 guy once he is fully ready to go on the field. It sounds like he's going to be active for week one. Now, whether or not he's doing his full workload week one, that may be up for debate, but I do think he's going to be the guy, and he'll be back to being Godwin before long. Chris, what do you what do you think about the J.K. Dobbins and Chris Godwin? Well, first of all, J.K. Dobbins, I'm definitely jealous of, and that was my debate. I kind of knew my co-host was going to take one of these players, whether it was Lamar or J.K., so I had to kind of pick my poison. Um, I knew J.K. is a guy that I have a lot of value for, and I, I think that, you know, fifth round, he's an outstanding guy, probably one of the few guys who has potential to be an RB1 left on the board. And he doesn't need a lot of touches. People can kind of confuse with, you know, Drave's offense and Lamar's going to steal everything. You can have 15 touches. You know, Mark Ingram did a couple of years ago and be able to score a touchdown or two and be a top 10 running back in that backfield. So J.K., talked about the sky's limit for this guy, averaged six yards a carry per, as a rookie, you know, was supposed to take over to last year. I think this guy is going to kind of hit the ground running. It won't be necessarily early on in the season, but it's a great guy to have on your roster. We're making really good progress, but we got to stop real quick and take a quick break. When we come back on the other side, we got more mock drafts going on for you guys. Get you ready for your big up top weekend. So everybody stay tuned to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. We'll be back right after this. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Support for today's episode comes from True Classic. This brand new sponsor has the absolute best fitting t-shirts a man can buy. Finding the right t-shirt with a little bit of a dad bod is incredibly frustrating. Most t-shirts are either too tight on your gut or look way too big and boxy. You're not in high school anymore and it's time to upgrade. True Classic has already helped over 2 million men finally get a better fit at an affordable price. Our listeners get access to the best deal they offer. For a limited time only, get 20% off with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY at trueclassic.com. Almost all men's t-shirts are designed to look good on skinny models with six-packs, but most of us aren't packing anything but a few beers. Fellas, you are wearing the wrong clothes. 
True Classic tees taper off towards the bottom, but they fit tighter around the chest and shoulders. It's time to highlight your best attributes with a t-shirt you can always confidently throw on. True Classic doesn't just stop at tees. They are your one-stop shop for men's essentials. Super easy and simple to fill out your wardrobe. From polos and workout shirts with the same flattering fit to boxer briefs designed with a pouch to keep your bulge nice and comfortable. All their gear is top-notch quality at reasonable prices. It's about time you learn how to dress yourself properly. Upgrade your wardrobe with True Classic and get 25% off at trueclassic.com with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. Free shipping included on purchases over $100 and 100% risk-free guarantee with a 30-day return policy. Stay classy with True Classic. Your dad bod will thank you. Welcome back into the MD's Fantasy Football Show. We're going over a full point PPR mock draft in today's show. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater, joined my co-host, Chris Dowhauer, and the intern, Danielle. We also have two guests today, Dave Hartman of Pigskin Papers. Happy to have him on. And, of course, Josh Westwood. You're going to be seeing a lot more of him on BellyUpFantasySports.com. We've been through six rounds already we're making good progress giving guys a lot of good pointers coming up for their big drafts this weekend or next weekend as the season gets closer here because we're only two weeks away i'm almost done with off-season content i can't believe it after my pick I, I i left it off with chris godwin there kicking off the sixth round we had miles sanders come off and then we get to josh he goes ahead he pulls the trigger on elijah mitchell yeah he i believe is like Saquon? No, of course not. Like Saquon, not the receiving part, but he is a full workhorse back. There's nobody really. Trey Sermon's not gonna, or Jeff Wilson's not gonna contest him for touches. I mean, I know Trey Lance's gonna take some rushing away, but I, I still believe he can get 10, 15 plus touch, touches a game easily. And he's gonna be back by week one. I mean, that that's been the whole thing that Shanahan has talked about. He's been dealing with the hamstring injuries, so why we haven't seen him too much. The big concern about Elijah Mitchell is can he actually hold up for a stretch amount of games? It felt like every time he played a handful of games last year, he'd either miss a game or be banged up, and you have to worry about whether or not you're going to be able to play him that week. But when you're talking about the sixth round, I'm fine with the value there. Remember, when you go into your drafts, it's it's more about where did you take guys, what's the value you got for them, and that dictates more how the roster construction of your team gets built out and whether or not it was a reach or set your team back in any kind of way. As long as you're taking fair value, you'll be fine at the end of the day. Next up, we had Brandon Cooks come off the board, TJ Hawkinson, Joe Burrow, and then Chris goes ahead and pulls the trigger on Cordell Patterson with his six-round pick. Yeah, you talked about, you know, not necessarily reaching for position, but I'm starting to look at my running backs and the guys that I have on my board. And because there's still a plethora of receivers that I still like and have more upside, and I don't really have a strong need because I have two strong receivers, I'm looking for upside guys. Cordell Patterson, he's one of the safest guys that you can have in your lineups. A uh, guy's totally forgotten about. I'm not really sure why. He was awesome last year. I know they added Tyler Algier. I know he's not going to have the same role. Good. I like the role he had to begin this season where he was catching the ball out of the backfield. A guy who was kind of a hybrid. We saw Debo Samuel be awesome in that role. Cordell Patterson, for me, has a safe floor. I like I like his fit. I like his ability to play running back. Yeah, and I still like Tyler Algier, but there's a lot of talk about is Algier good enough? Is he going to have as big of a role as maybe some people like myself thought? And you look at the rest of the depth chart, it's really a lot left to be desired. I think Cordova Patterson's the one guy in that backfield whose his role is pretty safe moving forward. 
Then we had Dave come back up. He goes ahead and pulls the trigger on Dallas Goddard to get to a certain level of tight end there. Yeah, I think there's a drop-off after Goddard. Um, I would have been happy to take TJ Hawkinson over him, but he got sniped a few picks ahead of me. I was kind of eyeing the two of them. Uh, once again, I didn't really like the running backs that were available. And uh, I think with A.J. Brown there, uh, you know, Jalen Hurts has three really nice targets, and I think they're all going to do well this year. But uh, I like I like Goddard this year. I think he's going to be busy Um and uh, I do think there's a drop off after him, and I didn't want to play tight end roulette uh, in the later rounds. I don't blame you. It's a nightmare this year. We talked about our sleepers last night. I have to tell you, at the end of the day, while I had five sleepers on my list, it's not like I felt great about any one of them. And if I went into my drafts with them, it's not really something I would necessarily want to do. So I don't blame you at all. We saw Kyler Murray come off the board after that, and then Danielle comes back with Tom Brady in the sixth round. Yeah, I feel like it was just time for me to draft a quarterback because I feel like all of them were getting snatched up. So I had to get in there pretty fast and grab the one I wanted. So I chose Brady. I love Brady. I'm a Patriots fan, so I grew up watching him. And obviously, I'm a huge fan of what he's done. He's a great quarterback. He's very reliable. I've had him as a quarterback on my fantasy team for the past three or four years. And every single time, he's great, is very reliable. Um and when he has a bye week, I can always throw in some a rookie to get a few points in, but I feel like he's a pretty good pick. Then we see Great Darnell pick, Mooney. It is a good pick. Uh, when we see Darnell Mooney, Amari Cooper, AJ Dillon, and Russell Wilson come off as the next four picks after that, we get back to you. You come back with Adam Thielen there in the seventh round. Yeah, I was honestly kind of shocked that Thielen was still on the board at that time. I feel like Thielen is very talented. I feel like he is a huge weapon over there in Minnesota. And I just feel like he's also another very reliable team. I try to build my team based off of reliability, guys that I know are going to put up average to good points every single week and not – I know that he's going to be good consistently throughout the week. And I know obviously it gets a little bit tough with Jefferson in the mix now, but I still think he's one of the top guys over there. There's two camps when it comes to Adam Thielen right now. There's a camp of the reports that are coming out that's saying he's he is looking good. He's looking like he's over his injury. We know that he's always a touchdown fanatic. And then Kirk Cousins has his number when they get inside the red zone. And then there's the other camp where it's he's 32 years old. He seems to get nicked up a little bit each and every year. The touchdown rate is something that has always been a threat to come down because it's been so high for the past two seasons in particular. And if Justin Jefferson continues to improve, does that take away from Adam Thielen when we get inside those certain areas moving forward? Two sides of the camp. But when you have a guy who's right now, his ADP is going about wide receiver 31, you're taking about the seventh round. Again, not bad value for a guy that we know has the potential to have double-digit touchdowns. I had a stat the other, the other day and it was, I believe it's only Devontae Adams, and I forget who the other player is. There's only one other player who's had more touchdowns than Adam Thielen over the past three seasons. So something to kind of keep your eye on there. Next up, we had Amon. takes one of my favorite wide receivers, Gabe Davis, there with his seventh-round pick. That's a hell of a steal, Dave. I hope so. Um, you know, this is a league where the format is start three receivers and a flex, so... I didn't mind taking a fourth receiver there in the seventh round. And uh, 
you know, that capped off Justin Jefferson, Michael Pittman, DJ Moore, and Gabe Davis. Let's go. Let's start the season. I like that. I like that quartet. And, uh, you know, Gabe Davis is, we saw what he did in that playoff game, and that's probably pushed his stock up a lot. Uh, but I'm excited about um, him, like Pittman, entering his third season and uh, primed for a pretty big breakout, I would think. Yeah, I, I talk about receivers who have double-digit touchdown potential. Put Gabe Davis right up there at the list. There's there's no reason to think that he will not be a candidate for that. Chris, you go with Kenneth Walker, who I love, but I'm a little worried about this hernia, especially anytime Pete Carroll opens his mouth, I just assume that it's 10 times worse than what he's actually trying to say it is. So where are you at with Kenneth Walker? Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I mean, I never trust Pete Carroll. Everything he says is basically going to be you know five times worse than he's, he acts like it's going to be. Having said that, I'm looking more for the long road again. You know, after week eight down the road, Walker becomes the guy or even splitting carries with Penny by that point. I have a good flex option, a guy who kind of being fresh, wasn't utilizing necessarily in the season as everyone's been kind of, kind of tired, rookie legs. So I'm looking at a guy I think for me is kind of icing on the cake, hopefully in the backfield. And I'm kind of riding him into the playoffs versus kind of riding him at the beginning of the season. At some point, he's going to take over. Rashad Penny is going to get hurt. Kenneth Walker is not going to be out for the entire year. So at some point, he is going to get his time to shine. And it's it's a really good chance that once he's out there in all three downs, he doesn't give the roll back up to Rashad Penny after that. Damian Harris comes off the board. Then we see DeAndre Hopkins, Rashad Bateman. We get back to Josh. He takes Elijah Moore with his seventh round pick, looking to be the number one receiver for the Jets. What do you think about Elijah Moore in that whole situation they have going on between him and Garrett Wilson and Corey Davis trying to make a resurgence? You know, I think Corey Davis might be the odd man out on this team. I know he's going to get some red zone targets to the bigger body, but uh, we saw Elijah Moore's upside last year before he got injured. I mean, it's it's a wide receiver one type, but I too, too bad he has Garrett Wilson. Obviously, Garrett Wilson's great talent, but – Without Garrett Wilson, I think we'd have him much higher as well. But I think he's going to have a great season. Second year as well. He had a hell of a stretch before he got injured last year. And of all the wide receivers, it looks like he should be the one who has the best rapport with Zach Wilson when and if – well, not if, but when he's able to return, hopefully week one, but maybe week two. Next up, we had Kareem Hunt come off the board. Then we get to my picks. And I had to take Zach Ertz by default because everybody already took all the tight ends. And that's, that's my cutoff point. Zach Ertz. After that, I don't want anything to do with anybody else. So I took him. I know the first six weeks, I got a safety blanket guy who he got paid by the Arizona Cardinals. They brought him back for a reason. He found something with Kyler Murray last season. And I'm going to take that guy as the last tight end that I think you can take without thinking you're going to have to stream each and every week. And then I came back with Drake London. My number one sleeper wide receiver relative to his ADP. I know the knee thing has lasted a little bit longer than people have wanted it to, but Drake London and Kyle Pitts, the target share is going to be consolidated around those two players. I think he's a special talent. Give me him as my wide receiver four and somebody who I think I'll be able to play for Chris Godwin until he's ready to go as well. Uh, I don't know if anybody wants to dispute that or, or put in their two cents because I get to put in everybody else's. Well, I think you suck because you took another guy. I love Drake London, of course, is somebody <laughs> that I think is arguably uh, could be one of those hidden talents. I mean, you saw Justin Jefferson kind of explode onto the scene. Drake London has a lot of similar skill sets. A guy who's going to slot a lot at six foot five. I love what you kind of match up the ability, the upside you talked about. I think this is a great pick. 
and you knew he wasn't coming back around to you. No, I knew he wasn't coming back around to me. That was also part of it. Alec Kelly commenting in. Oh, so you sleeping on Komet, huh, Dan? Uh, actually, Alec, if you saw our show yesterday, Komet was on my bust five tight end. So I'm not buying into Komet at all this season. Moving right along, though, Brandon Ayuk comes off the board. We get back to Josh. He takes Chase Edmonds. One of the more interesting picks, people trying to figure out exactly what to value out of this Dolphins backfield eighth round. I like the Chase Edmonds pick. Josh, walk me through that. Yeah, well, of course, PPR, He's that's what he's you know best for. So, I mean, he could be a, easily an RB, RB2 this year. I mean, I like him to – I might have to you – know, he could even start over the Mitchell for my team at some point. I really need an RB3 there. But, yeah, I mean, of course, he's not going to get a huge red zone workload. But he's going to see a lot of passes. And I believe, too, is going to check down the ball quite a bit. He seems more of that kind of quarterback. So, I like Chase Edmonds a lot this year. After that, we go Hunter Renfro. Tony Pollard comes off the board. Devonta Smith. We get back to Chris. And now we get to address the Alan Lazard in the room. Yeah, I think Alan Lazard is definitely a guy you're trying to have on your roster. You might reach around earlier to make sure that you do, but you don't go necessarily crazy to do so. So for me, this is where I think that maybe he's coming the next round or two probably off the board. I'm making sure that I scoop up because I do think he's got outstanding value. One of the clear-cut guys who has you know shown production when Devontae Adams has been out is probably going to be the receiver one. The rookies, you know, Sammy Watkins, all those kinds of guys are debatable. We know Alan Lazard is going to be out there. So to me, he's a guy that you if you get eighth, ninth round, you want to you know pull the trigger. Dave's looking around for running backs, and this guy is probably the hot trend right now in the news anyway, Damian Pierce looking like he's going to start off the season as the starting running back from all accounts. So talk to me about Damian Pierce. What is your expectations or what's your hopes for a guy like walking into this Houston situation? Well, you know, their other running backs are old um, and not explosive. Uh, he's a rookie, so I don't think he'll get a huge workload right off the bat, but you know, I was, I was, uh, encouraged by the fact that he didn't play in the second preseason game, which is sort of like, and he wasn't hurt. So that's kind of like, okay, we're resting our starters. Um, and after he showed out so well in the first preseason game, um, he's a big play waiting to happen. Uh, I've got two running backs already, so I don't need to put him in my lineup right away. I can kind of wait and see how he does. Um, you know, Houston ranked near the bottom of the league in almost every rushing category last year. So you got to temper expectations a little bit. But this is a team that should be better on offense. And uh, he's a big play guy. You know, he could take it to the house at any time. And I was happy to get him. Uh, and, and you know, the other running backs that were on the board, it was hard to kind of see one of them as that much better than any of the rest. So I was happy to get him there. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 
This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup, so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Then we see Devin Singletary come off for Andre Stevenson for Danielle taking my number one sleeper at the running back position. Yes, and obviously we have talked about this before on the running back show. So if you haven't seen that, everybody go check it out. It's a little promotion there. Um, but I can talk all day about Ramondre Stevenson as a Patriots fan. I am so excited about his future. I feel like he has such a bright future ahead of him. And the Patriots have decided to do this really fun thing where we don't really want to figure out offensive coordinators anymore. And we're just going to kind of see what happens, you know, which is really fun. So I think um, Mac Jones throwing deep balls as much as I love to see it probably won't happen that much. They'll probably be running a ball a lot. Damian Harris what is getting the? older, and while I do love him a lot, Ramondre Stevenson came out last year with some power, some fire, and I think he's a good running back to throw in with my other running backs. I think he's better than Damian Harris, not just from a fantasy standpoint. I think he just is more talented than Damian Harris, so that also factors into it for me. Rashad Penny comes off the board after that. Then we see Chris Olave, Dawson Knox, what James the? Cook. And then we go back to Danielle, and she takes George Pickens with her ninth-round pick. Yes, I have been hearing so many good things about Pickens in camps. And I'm not a huge Steeler fan myself, but I can't deny the talent that Pickens has. And I feel like he fits in with the wide receivers I have in case they have a bye week, one of them gets hurt. I feel very confident in Pickens getting thrown in there. The quarterback situation is a little bit iffy for me with the Steelers, which is why Picking him later on for me was okay, but um, I am excited to see what he also has to do because he's also a young guy who has plenty of talent. And from what training camps have shown, he does not have a ceiling that's going to stop anytime soon. Dak Prescott comes off the board after that. We get back to Dave, and he decides to take his first quarterback, and he goes with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, you know, I I think that uh... – my strategy in one QB leagues is definitely to wait on QB. I think there are 12 really good ones and I kind of don't care uh, unless I'm going to jump on Josh Allen early. I don't care which of the 12 fall to me and 10 were off the board and there were two left and I didn't think they would both make it back to me because a couple teams had started doubling up on QBs. Um, so uh, I took Rogers there. I'm sorry. Good old sleeper bots doubling up on QBs yeah, this early. Yeah. Well, so you know, I didn't think he'd make it back to me. Uh, he's obviously missing Devonte Adams, but he is the uh, two-time returning MVP, and I'm sure he'll get his numbers one way or the other. Chris, you decide to go with Pat Freermuth to be your tight ends. Talk to me about Pat Freermuth there in the ninth round. Yeah, everybody's kind of talking about their tight end, where the drop-off is. To me, I actually have Vermouth higher than Hawkinson and some of the other guys have already gone off the board. A guy that you know was 13 in PPR last year as a rookie. Usually tight ends don't kind of hit the ground running. You know, just Pitts didn't have hit one touchdown last year. This guy had seven. So when I look at a guy that has upside, an offense that probably could continue to throw the ball to the tight end position, their offensive line is not much improved. 
So you're going to see, the, I think, them heavily involved. That's why I kind of have a little bit concerned about Daniel's George Pickens pick. I think the upside's there, but I think the guy who's probably second if Deontay Johnson eating week in, week out, is probably going to be Pat Furman. After that, we see Trey Lance come off the board, then Melvin Gordon, Traylon Burks, who's been having a rough go of it lately. And we get back to Joss. He takes his first quarterback off the board, and he goes to Matthew Stafford. Yeah, I was going to trade Trey Lance, but it was, he was taking a couple of picks before me. But like Davis, Davis said, there's kind of a quarterback tier drop off here. And so I wanted to get Stafford before it drops off. But I'm fine with it. I mean, I'm, I know he has an elbow problem, but he added Allen Robinson. They're coming off the Super Bowl. They're going to have a good year. They still have a great defense. They're, they're going to have the ball a lot on offense. Still a top 10 quarterback. Then we have Tyler Lockett come off the board, and we get back to my back-to-back picks, and I decide that I want to keep hammering the running backs and receivers as much as I possibly can. I think Robert Woods, first of all, who is just criminally undervalued right now in my estimation. I have Robert Woods actually as a top 26 wide receiver. His ADP is right now around the 35-ish range, a low-end wide receiver three. I've seen him go outside the top 36 wide receivers in other drafts before. If Traylon Burks is going to continue to struggle, somebody's got to catch the ball in Tennessee. It's not all Derrick Henry, guys. Robert Woods is a very good wide receiver. Ryan Tannehill can definitely lock on to at least one guy we know that and I'm, my money's gonna be on Robert Woods especially at the beginning part of the season so I like the value here for him and then I came back with James Robinson who's my RB 30 right now on the board is there a question about where is he going to be coming off the Achilles sure and do I have a little bit of concern considering I have a lot of guys coming off of major injuries on my team yeah I do not necessarily where I wanted to go here but again the value you're going to give me James Robinson in the 10th round. I can't say no to that, especially as my fourth running back, and I'm feeling pretty good about my depth so far. After that, we saw Chase Claypool come off the board. We get back to Josh, and he goes with Christian Kirk, the $20 million man. Right, yeah, he was – Jacksonville gave him quite a bit of money this summer. No, I, I mean, Zay Jones is his competition, as well as Marvin Jones getting up there in age a little bit. Doug Peterson's their new head coach. They're going to pass a little bit more. They're going to be a better team as a whole. I like Christian Kirk a lot this year. Sorry there, I just made you uh, pick a defense for no reason. After that, Cole Komet <laughs> came up, and then Garrett Wilson and Mike Kosicki, we get back to Chris, and he handcuffs himself and ties himself completely to the Jets' backfield and takes Michael Carter. I did, and I'm basically making sure I protect myself, but I'm also having a guy that I think could possibly be a flex option. You know, you kind of went to the Jacksonville backfield, and you like the upside of James Robinson. People are taking Travis CNTN in the third, fourth round right now. I don't see why he's got a clearer role that Michael Carter might have. Michael Carter might be the third down back. He's probably going to split carries. More than likely, he's going to maybe split 50-50. We saw Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman do this in Atlanta. They can be productive. Both guys can be up or reduce. So for me, I'm kind of not only having my handcuff, I have a guy who might be a flex option as well. After that, we see Darrell Henderson come off the board with Dave are you buying into the idea that he's going to split reps with Cam Akers? Possibly. You know, at this point, we're drafting bench players, and I'm looking for guys with upside, and uh, I'm not sold on Cam Akers. I mean, I saw how he looked in the playoffs last year, and I know that that was only six months off the Achilles tear, and now he's had another six or seven months, and I'm sure he'll look better. But Henderson played well when he started last year. Um, and the coaching staff knows that. And uh, I do think he'll have a meaningful role, and he's one injury away from being a must-start. So 
happy to gobble him up in whatever that was, the ninth or tenth round. I think he's a good value there, and he's a guy I've been targeting for that reason. That's about where he's been going. And if he does get anything more than the handcuff amount of work, he's going to outperform that ADP of where you just took him at, too. Uh, after that, we saw Harrison Butker. We got kickers coming off in the 10th round, and I do tee it up that way. Danielle, you were doing so well until you decided to take Justin Tucker in the 10th round, I have to say. You know, I had to take him. I mean, he's he's a legendary kicker, and once the bot started choosing, you know, I had to grab him off the board because <laughs> if anybody you want as a kicker, you you want him. I mean, he's a record-breaking kicker. I mean, there's not much else to say to back up him. Chris, it's funny that she said that because that's exactly what Will from Flex Fantasy said last week. He saw a bot take a kicker, panicked, like there was going to be a kicker run and decided he had to take Justin Tucker himself too. about the same range. I don't, maybe it's just me, but I, I'm not taking a, tick, a kicker before the 14th round. I don't know. Uh, the one thing I will defend is you can only start a certain amount of players every week. And a kicker is one of those starters. So you want the best at every position, in my opinion. So if you have the best kicker and still could be you know, not reaching in the sixth, seventh round where you're giving up other starters. So if you think that's your best starting guys, then, you know, go for it. After that, we saw Just, Sky Moore come off the board. Kadarius Tony, Derek Carr, Alexander Madison, and then Danielle comes back with an old faithful and Julio Jones. Yeah, I grew up in Atlanta, so I have seen plenty of Julio Jones games in my day, and I loved him growing up. I think he is a great wide receiver. He did kind of die out there in Tennessee, but honestly, I don't blame him. Tannehill was his quarterback, and everything kind of seemed to mess with everybody deciding to get hurt, apparently. Um so I feel like him going to a new team could be kind of a new light for him. He can get back into his old mojo. And he has Brady as a quarterback, so I feel pretty confident that he'd be able to get the ball. He won't be getting as much touches as he would like he did on the Falcons because he was the main wide receiver there because there is so much talent on the Bucks. But drafting him this, month, this late in the round, I'm not mad about. Then we had Tyler Boyd come off the board. And then our second, or actually it's our third Chiefs receiver. The bot did take Sky Moore earlier. Our third Chiefs receiver comes off. Marquez Valdez Scantling to Dave. What are you thinking about what his output might be this season? Uh, you know, this was kind of similar to the pick I made around before with Henderson. I'm looking for someone on my bench who's got upside. And, you know, I think people forget that, Valdez Scantling got a lot more money from the Chiefs than Juju did. Um, I don't think that means he's going to have a better season than Juju, but they committed to him. Uh, he's a deep threat, and uh, that's the one case where, you know, as good as Aaron Rodgers is, I don't think there's anyone better at throwing the deep ball than Patrick Mahomes. The guy can throw at 70 yards, and, uh, you know, I think he'll, they'll take shots with Valdez Scantling regularly and uh he's been he was inconsistent in green bay i think he's got a chance at least with the chiefs you know to have his best year and i don't mind grabbing him in uh what was it the 11th yeah the 11th round i think he's a good value there yeah i, I agree with the value part you're taking shots here he definitely has the upside there again there's a pathway somebody has to break out in that team and it's kind of a put up or shut up situation for him because if he doesn't do it here, it's not going to happen. After that, Chris, uh, I'm pretty sure you purposely screwed me because you already had Lamar Jackson. You knew I was going Kirk Cousins this round, and he just decided just 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 dag that knife a little bit into me. Kirk Cousins there in the eleventh round. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at a guy who's finished top twelve like the last four years. 
And all I've heard whole offseason is how incredible Justin Jefferson is going to be. Adam Thielen looks great. Irv Smith's going to blow up. Dalvin Cook's going to catch the ball. Well, who the hell's throwing the ball to all these guys? So, about Matthew Stafford, what he did, he was top five quarterback last year. Kirk Cousins could actually make a leap. A guy that I like to have as my backup just in case Lamar isn't quite healthy, but also as trade bait, as Dan kind of alludes to, because something we talk about a lot in our show is taking the best value on the board. I'm a big proponent of having multiple quarterbacks. Dan's not necessarily that guy, but I like to have a backup just in case he's good, but also somebody else doesn't have him. So Kirk Cousins is a guy I will not be facing on Sundays. I will have or have control of to move if I decide to. So for me, like I said, the guy that I like his value and a guy who's been awesome the last couple of years and might even get better. Damn all your analysis. You did it just to screw me in this round. We just saw the Los Angeles Rams come out, then the Buffalo Bills, Tampa Bay. Apparently, Sleeper decided they needed to go on a defensive run. Then we get to Josh, who goes with Brian Robinson, another hot flavor right now in the news. Yeah, no, I mean, I truly believe Antonio Gibson could lose his job this year. I mean, he's had fumbling problems he already had in preseason, and I read read earlier today that they've put him on kickoffs. I mean, I know it's just preseason, but the fumbling is not good, definitely for a running back. So, I mean, he has a good – I do believe that Brian Robinson is a great prospect and he could lose his job potentially. I like year. that pick, Josh. I like that pick a lot. Appreciate it, David. Yeah, you're talking about a guy who might take over the backfield, and that's in the range of outcomes in the 11th round. Mm-hmm. Albert O comes off, and then we're going to get to our last pick for the show today. We're going to cut it off here. Ryan Tannehill, I'm staying on brand. He's my number one sleeper quarterback. He has not finished less than a QB 12 since he's become a Tennessee Titan. That includes the disarray that was last season with everyone getting hurt. Believe it or not, he actually might have more healthy weapons this season than he did last year, and he still finished as a QB 12 last year. So being that Chris had to screw me, I decided to take my number one sleeping quarterback there, and that's going to be the last pick that we talk about in today's show. I want to thank you guys all for coming out, for watching, for you guys coming on to the show. We'll start with Dave. Dave, what are you working on right now? Where can people follow you at? What do you want everybody to check out? Thanks a lot, Dan. And and Chris, Danielle, Josh, Dan, this was a lot of fun. Um, you all draft really well. So it was uh, it was good to hear your analysis of your picks and uh, to pick around you guys. Um, I'm doing a lot of uh, on my website, www.thepigskinpapers.com. I've got a lot of uh, uh, content to help you with your fantasy draft. I've got uh, rankings. I got articles. Uh, strategy articles, articles about players, um, you know, kind of everything you need. Uh, on Twitter, I'm at Pigskin Papers. And uh, on Instagram, I'm the Pigskin Papers. So thanks again, Dan. Thanks uh, to all you guys. This was a lot of fun. Thanks so much for coming back Thank on you. the show. And uh, let's not make, let's not wait till the NFL draft to have you back on again. <laughs> Josh. Love to come back. Thanks, Dan. Yeah, we'll definitely have you back. Josh. Uh, where can everybody follow you at on social media and what are you working on? You know, I'm not a big social media guy, but I do have some rankings coming out. Um, hopefully they have them on the fantasy fantasy pro site there for you. So hopefully they should, they can go check them out there after the, they should have them up soon. actually <laughs> sounds great. And now it'll also be on the belly fantasysports.com as well. website too. And you can download my rankings on there right now. You head into your weekends and you a little cheat sheet and you will help you out. It's free. Just go to bellyupfantasysports.com. We also have other rankers there to help you out as well. And next week, we're going to be back 
it's going to be it's not it's not our last week of only two a days because the first week i think we only have three episodes chris if i'm not mistaken because we don't i don't have the monday and tuesday episodes we start off on wednesday so we have two weeks and then it'll be five episodes a week pretty soon but next week Wednesday, we're going to be switching gears a little bit. We're going to be talking about our best bets heading into the season. We're not going to talk about so much about fantasy. We're talking about our values for winning divisions, for awards, for Super Bowl picks. And we're going to have Chaz and Peter Van Seventer on that show. And then next Thursday, we switch it right back for the last off-season show of fantasy football with the cheat sheet special. We're going to be talking about all my rankings all the special, all the different potholes to avoid the ADP differences compared to my rankings, where you can have the value at by following along. We're going to go through all of that next Thursday at 10 p.m. Eastern. So make sure you guys are tuning in to that. Follow us on social media at BellyUpMDFF Show. Download us on your favorite podcast app and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Chris, Danielle, thank you so much for coming on the show. And everybody else, we'll see you next week. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.